Amen, how thankful we are that, as was just saying to us, a life of full surrender is what truly brings the blessing of God on our hearts and in our lives and uh, along with not just our lives, but also in our service to the Lord. Bring greetings tonight from the folks in, uh, there in Pullman. And our prayer is that uh, God would revive our hearts at this time of special meetings that we can realize, Lord, help us to consecrate more uh, in these days ahead should you tarry that through our consecration to You, Lord, that You can work through us. Again, we're thankful for the opportunity that we can be here. And we're thankful for what uh, the promises of what God uh, is going to do. I'd like to read a portion of Scripture out of the book of Acts, the third chapter. I'd like to begin there at the first verse. Again, Acts, the third chapter, the first verse. and says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. I'd like to draw our attention again to just that fifth verse, and where it says, And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. I know through life, situations we face, uh, we draw uh, great expectations of what we hope would happen. Uh, we, we begin to realize that you look at what the, uh, the definition of expectation is. It's, it's a strong belief that something is going to happen. Uh, I can tell you about a young man that we have in the congregation in um, Pullman there. And I found out over the last couple of years, whenever it comes time for this young man's birthday, he makes sure that Brother Lee and Sister Barbara are on the Invitation list. Now, I don't understand why now a seven-year-old boy would want the oldest couple in the church there, but he, he still invites us. Uh, and I found out over the years the reason why is because when he invites us, he gets the very gift he's looking for. You see, he likes Legos. And so he knows that if he invites Brother Lee and Sister Barbara, he's going to get Legos. And he's found out now three years consecutive, he's getting Legos. He has that expectation built up within him that hey, if I invite them here, I'm going to receive what I need. Well, I don't know if it sees what he needs. Ask the parents. I don't think they will agree that he needs Legos. But that's, that's a desire of his heart. Now, I, I know I could stop all of that in a heartbeat this July when he invites me. This time I'll get him a pair of socks. And I, I think if I do that, He won't invite me anymore. But the thing of it is, Lord, I, I, I want to be an example to Him. I want to be an example of that young man. I want to bring the things that, uh, uh, you know, that he's in, that's enjoyable to Him. But at the same time, uh, I realize that there's going to be a time in His life He realizes there's going to be something more important than Legos. 
And the Lord helped me to be an encouragement, not only to Him, but to others to realize that when they come to the knowledge that there's something more important, that we point them to the Lord and say, you know, a deeper walk with the Lord is what's important. To walk closer to your Lord, that's what brings true joy. And, you know, as, as I looked over these Scriptures, and I began to pray, Lord, We've got special meetings coming upon us. I love special meetings. Uh, when our, uh, when uh, attending and being there in Richmond, when we'd have uh, combined meetings there, I enjoyed them. I looked forward to them. Uh, when we get midwinter meetings and living up in Pullman, we can make it down for midwinter meetings. We can be here because I'm excited because I know that God has got something good planned. God wants to give something good when we come with a heart of expectation. If we don't come with a heart of expectation, we'll go home with nothing. But I began and I asked myself the same question I'd like to ask tonight. Uh, just as this man was laid there expecting alms, but he, uh, when Peter said, look on us, he said he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. He, he was expecting. He had a strong belief that, hey, they, they called on me. Something's going to happen. Well, folks, I'd like to ask, what is your expectations tonight that you hope to receive from special meetings? You know, God wants us to look to Him tonight. God wants us to look and call upon Him because God has something prepared for you, prepared for me. You see, the Lord is building a glorious church. That church is going to be without spot and wrinkle. He may be calling some to salvation. He may be calling some to a closer walk, but He's calling us. And the Lord, help us uh, to come with the expectation to know that the Lord has the very best for us this, uh, beginning this very evening. We don't have to wait till next Sunday, but we can come expecting tonight and know that God will fill your heart to overflowing. And I hope and pray that your expectations are set on high. You know, we got a nice little... Uh, room over here that we uh, use here when we come to the church. Uh, over in the, they, they call it the eight plexus. And there's a, there's a thermostat on the wall that you can set to make it comfortable. Well, I made a mistake last night. I set it down to where it was comfortable for me, but it wasn't comfortable for my wife. I later had to turn it back up. But the whole thing is, is we, we need to realize, yes, there are things that are adjustable, but Lord, help us to realize the things of God need to be turned on high. We can't really take things just lightly, but Lord, help us to keep our full focus and attention on the Lord tonight. Uh, you know, time after time, God will do His part. If we come to these altars of prayer with a heart of expectation, God will meet us there. God will meet us there every time. And oh, you know, you can read out of the book of Ephesians, that third chapter, a very familiar verse that we read uh, time and time again out of that, tw that 20th verse of the third chapter of Ephesians, saying, Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. I, I, when I look at those words, I realize there are no boundaries. Uh, the Word of God is telling us there through, the, through Paul and his writing, there are no boundaries. Uh, we can't sit back, well, I can't do that because it's out of my... No. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. Uh, God wants to do wonderful things here tonight. Oh, I know expectations.
take on different forms, like I've already mentioned. Years ago when I was a, a young man, well, I was a still boy living in Roseburg, Oregon. We had a good home. Limited resources, but we had a good home. There's five boys, no girls. And a house with limited resources, though. The tangible things that you needed, for me, being the fourth boy in the lineup, I got hand-me-downs. And when it came to uh, needing a bicycle, I got the bike that my brother Dave had, that my brother Jerry then got, then my brother John got, and I got it after him. So by the time I got it, it was not in very good condition. And it was my job to always keep that bike of mine running. And I'd get frustrated. We'd have some old bikes parked beside the garage, and we'd, uh, we'd rob parts off of those. And we'd try to make the bike run. And finally, one day in all my frustration, I didn't, I didn't have enough parts to do what I needed to do. And I went to my dad. I said, Dad... I'm tired. I'm fed up with uh, all the things uh, that keep going wrong with my bike. And he said, yeah, Dad, I, I, can I have a new bike? You know, to my surprise, my dad said, you know, that's a good idea. I think you need a new bike. As a kid at 12 years of age, my expectation soared out of the roof. I began to realize it's possible. Dad said I can have this. And, and out of all my, you know, obviously it took a little while for me to get rid of the disbelief. Dad's going to spend... This is, this is great. And the, the excitement as a, as a 12-year-old, as Dad and I loaded up in the truck, and we went down to the, the old um, Western Auto there in downtown Roseburg. And as we went through the bikes, well, we couldn't afford a new bike, but we looked at the used bikes. And I came around the corner, and there was the perfect bike. It was chrome from when in, the fenders were chrome. The body of it was chrome. Everything was chrome. It was It was... It gleamed in my eyes. This is a bike. And, and Dad, knowing the general manager there, he says, hey, you know, Bob, I see it's $24 for the bike. He says, yeah, that's right. He says, good. He says, my son's going to start picking beans next week out at Newman's Bean Field. He'll pay you $12 a week. That's right. It was that quiet in the Western Auto that day, too. <laughs> Because I, hold on, Dad, what did you just do to me? <laughs> you, you said you're, you're going to get me the bike. Well, yeah. I was disappointed. I said, Dad, I, th I thought this was the year you're getting me a bike. But I realized that that day Dad was teaching me something. Dad provided the means but it required participation on my part. My expectation was high going in, and I thought this was all great. But you know, I found out that in order for me to receive that bike, I had to participate. I had to, I had to pay something that would cost me. And you know, I was willing to. Uh, it, it even required me to work a little bit harder. I don't know if you've ever, any of you have had, I think some of you have had the privilege of picking beans for a living in the summertime. You been there? Absolutely. Okay. Newman's? Guido's, okay. <laughs> if you if you haven't realized, Brother Daryl's from Roseburg too. And we know the farmers there about but we we picked Newman's. And if you picked poorly, you would get only two and a half cents a pound. 
If you picked really diligently, you can get three cents a pound. And if you got three cents a pound, you, you can, you'd have to, in order to get that three cents a pound, you'd have to pick over a hundred pounds of beans a day. And you have to do that five days in a row. Well, guess who was determined to pick over a hundred pounds every day? I was determined because I could get $15 a day, or not a day, but a week, if I was diligent. You know, there, there was a d- determination though as a young man. That was something I wanted. I was willing to pay the price. And I realized that uh, it required my participation. But oh, I, I think about it from a spiritual sense though, that uh, for us to have the fullness of joy that the Word of God tells us is available, to have that fullness of joy in our life, we need to realize that we ha- it requires participation on our part. It's not just coming to church that's going to make the joy. And it, what it requires is a change in our hearts. We need to realize and have that fullness of joy. We need to be able to come to an altar prayer uh, or by your bedside at home or in, in the pew. But what it takes is just an honest uh, prayer of obedience to the Lord. And when we confess our sins, it says He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How thankful we need to be that God provided. Our Heavenly Father provided the means for our fullness of joy through His Son, Jesus. But it requires participation on our part. What I mean by that, I think a lot of you already know. But I can still take you back to July 4th, 1971. I was in the second group of chairs back there. It was during camp meeting. I don't know who preached that Sunday morning. I came to uh, the campgrounds the day before. Uh, uh, it's 16 years old. How can a uh, 16-year-old be bitter about uh, the church? I don't know. But, you know, Satan was twisting some things around in my mind. And I realized that, uh, you know, I, at the time I thought, I don't want nothing to do with the church. I'm going to be here to satisfy mom, and I'm going to go home. But I'm so thankful God had a different plan. Because I heard about the plan of salvation. I knew what God can do in my heart and my life. And oh, you know, when that altar call was made, I came down to that altar prayer right there. I can still take you to the spot. And there, I gave my heart to the Lord. But you know, I didn't feel that joy. I had prayed a couple of years before and asked God to come in my heart. And He came in and saved me, but I didn't keep it. I didn't understand it completely. I never kept in God's Word. But that day I was down at the altar of prayer and I was just praying, and Lord, you know, I'm sorry, forgive me. And the, the joy didn't come there. Not at that moment. But then God asked, would you be willing to give up football for this joy you want? And I said, he didn't t- that was not even an argument with me. I said, Lord, I'll give it up. I'll give it all up, Lord. I don't want it. I want peace. I want joy. And you know, when I participated with all my heart, God came in and made a change. He made a joy in my heart that, oh, I'm so thankful for that God is still working today. But it takes participation. Sometimes when we want to follow after God, God may be asking us to walk a little bit closer. Maybe He's asking us as Christians who've been serving Him faithfully through the years to come out into the water a little bit deeper. 
uh, uh, it may call us to a a greater consecration. But Lord, help us if we have a determination. uh, uh, We're expecting great things to happen during these uh, midwinter meetings. If we do that, we need to come with an anticipation and a heart that will say, yes, Lord, I'll do what you're asking me to do. And when we come with that faith believing, oh, the Lord will work on our behalf. But I like the part, you know, back into our Scripture there where it says, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. I I tried to do research to try to figure out why his eyes really wouldn't be looking at him. I don't know. I I thought uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's that... In that uh, era, that those that were begging were not to, or asking alms, were not to make eye contact. I don't know, and a lot of people go into reasoning why. But I know this though: uh, uh, Peter was very uh, confident in the fact that he told that man that day, "Look on us." He says, "Look on us." He says, I, I, "Sometimes I just want to think that uh, Peter was trying to tell him." Look on us like we're not any different than you. We're not any different than you. Uh, Peter could probably take him back uh, some years before that when God called Peter's heart. Well, here's this man in need. Peter said, look on us. I'm so thankful that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. I'm glad that there's, uh, there's, there's no hierarchy there, but the Lord is faithful to everyone. God is faithful equally to each and every one of us. And we need to realize, Lord, help us to just come to the foot of that cross. You know, uh, uh, Peter goes on, you know, as he said, you know, he said in, he gave them, he gave heat unto them. He was expecting something in return, but Peter said, silver and gold have I none. You know, for this world today, those that are asking for money, one of the quickest ways to end a conversation is telling you, tell them you don't have no, I'm sorry, I don't have no change. They leave, they leave pretty quick. But that day, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee. You know, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that Peter's saying, it's just, you know, such as I have, give I unto thee. Peter's saying, this is not of me. This is nothing I'm giving you. But Peter is saying, but on the authority of the one who lives within me and works through me uh, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Then it said the man entered into a 12-week program to figure out how to do that? No. Word of God says immediately. Immediately He stood. And immediately He began to jump and praise God for what He's done. You know, that's what God wants to do. And I'm so thankful we serve a God who works instantly. It's not a program you have to go through. But when you just are honest with a humble heart of obedience, God will come in and make such a wonderful change. But how thankful we need to be as we enter into these special meetings. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, He wants to do mighty things here. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Uh, he wants to save those that are outside of that ark of safety. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, He wants to give you your sanctification. Uh, and we know that uh, through the name of Jesus of Nazareth, there's the promise of the Holy Spirit uh, that He'll pour out upon those that are hungry. Oh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with... Uh, I, I know about the healing power of God. I know there's many in the congregation that are looking to God for that healing touch, but I know that there's still power in the blood of Jesus. There's still power in His holy name. Yeah, we know that through the uh, name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, there is healing. Oh, Lord, help us tonight. Help us tonight as we realize that we have an opportunity. Lord, help us to make sure that we're willing and obedient because it says if we're willing and obedient, we're going to eat the good of the land. We, uh, we, we need to realize, Lord, help us to have the expectation that is needed. That's, uh, that expectation comes from allowing the Spirit of God to talk to our hearts, begin to witness to us, and show us that these are the things we may need to do. But oh, if you're outside of that ark of safety tonight, I, I ask you, oh, consider where you're at. Because as a child of God, there's one more expectation that we have. We have a glorious expectation. One of these days, the Word of God says that the clouds are going to roll back. Uh, and uh, the skies, in the skies, we shall behold the Son of God. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. But oh, uh, that's going to be for those that have prepared uh, themselves to become part of the bride of Christ. But uh, I know that tonight, Lord is asking for us to step a little bit deeper. Step a little bit deeper into the, the love of God. In, in closing, I'd just like to read a verse out of Mark, the 11th chapter, the 24th verse, where Jesus is saying, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. I don't know what the needs are tonight, but Lord, help us to purpose that we're going to draw closer. We're going to come to an altar prayer with expectation that we know that if we uh, come with a, a broken and contrite spirit, He will in no wise turn us away. But He's here tonight to give us the very petition of our life. You know, remember as we read, uh, to the One that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or think. Tonight, God wants to do that for you. As we start these, uh, the, the time of special meetings here, midwinter meetings, may God purpose in our heart that we're going to draw closer to Him, closer than ever before. For when we do that, we'll find the true blessing of God. As we draw the service to a close, the song is 189. Let's come forward and pray.